Listening, folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 10th of December, year of our Lord 2020. Welcome to another episode of the Motown Rundown. Today, we have a very interesting guest. Um, we are joined by what is the introduction? The on again, off again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic, joining uh, this is James. We just said this. This is technically your fourth time you and I doing something together, but your first appearance on the Motown Rundown. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm honored to be on. Um, seeing you guys together, you guys do look like brothers. I just can't really tell because Nick has the crazy beard, but I, yeah. I kind of see it. I see the facial, the the bone structure are very similar. Um, yeah, no, we don't get that. You guys, really, that you guys look alike? You know, man, people usually think we don't look anything. Alike. No, that's not true. So the way that people usually explain it is if they see us as individuals, we don't look anything alike. But once, because yeah. we have a sister. When people see all three of us together, they're like, yeah, you guys look exactly like brother and sister. I can I see it's like the cheek, this region is kind of <laughs> like, it looks similar. Yeah. Um, I guess you describing what you were talking about isn't going to listen very well because people yeah. are like, no. <laughs> yeah, I sound like Action Bronson, the cheek region. <laughs> Um, so this has been a very busy um, last few weeks, especially for you. Now, I want to kick things off with something really interesting. I have not prepped you for this. I did not tell Matthew I was going to do this. Uh-oh. But we are going to play a game, okay? And the name of the game actually explains how the rules are played. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, the name I of the game you. is Questions I'm Tired of Answering. I figured we can kick things off with this so that we don't accidentally ask you some of those questions. Being a beat writer, obviously, people are throwing everything at you. Give us a sort of a rundown of things that you're, man, we've been there. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Oh, how much time do we got? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, as of late, what comes to mind? Do you think Derek Rose will start is yeah. one? And that's like, <laughs> Again, I'm not trying. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I, I hope that I come off as humble and I try to carry myself as such. But I, after the draft, I literally said Killian Hayes would start. I have since then written many things about this, and I still get it. It's like I just wish people read. I don't know what it is. Like I get it. Not everybody can get a subscription. I I see. I but I've literally written stories that have been tweeted out. All signs point to Killian A starting. Like there's your answer, and I, that stuff. And I I get more frustrated when it's like something that I've like reported or yeah. like said, and it's just like. And well, I have because to move over. people aren't able to read exactly what you're writing. Aggregates exist, right? So right. in some in some medium, like what you're writing is going to get out. Even if, and I, you know, I did this. I took advantage of the one dollar a month sale that the Thank Athletic you. was doing. So now I am a subscriber to the Athletic. So I read. I was just reading. Um, we'll get back to the question in just a minute. Um, I was just reading today your like uh, the training camp that Killian was doing like overseas and that that whole story, which was great. Let me tell you something about The Athletic, and we've talked about this a little bit before. You really take the whole, like, hey, people are paying for, like, good content, so I have to deliver. Like, it's not rudimentary stuff. It's not run-in-the-mill. Like, it's actually well-researched and detailed stuff. So very good job, James. 
Um, you. You're doing great. But anyways, back to the questions that you're tired of answering. Can Leangelo make the team? There it is. Um, I, uh, kudos to Rod Beard. Um, I love Rod as a, as a, as a human being. He's a very nice guy. Um, but he took the bullet in, uh, in one of the zooms recently and asked about Leangelo when there was literally no reason to ask about Leangelo <laughs> to feed the vultures. And so that, that was done. Is Dervitas Servitas going to play? Yeah. Shout out to Eli for that one. With all due, all right. Oh, this could be bad. Should I say it? You can say it. Uh, if it's bad, okay. if it's bad, we tell Matthew. I was going to say, I will cut it if well, it's. I'll live by it. I'll live by it. Pistons fans, I love you. I have a great job because of you. I've, I um, interact with so many great people. I've met like like you guys, I've met great people doing this job and being around this fan base. I don't, and again, I, I haven't been intertwined with any other fan base because I've only covered the Pistons in the NBA. I, I, it is hard for me to imagine that any other fan base gets more excited about fringe guys. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, I'll look at my mentions and it's not like, where, how do you think Svee's going to start? What do you like about Jeremy Grant? It's what's what, what's going to happen with Rodney Magruder? What's going to yeah. who's going to is Servitas going to play? What do you think about Saban Lee? I'm like, these guys are never going to play, and if they play, it's not anytime soon. Like, I don't understand no. the fascination with the fringe guys. I, I really don't. It's I, I imagine that, and again, people don't maybe realize this because the team has been bad for so long, but like. The Pistons fan base is very deep and dedicated. Um, they've been scarred, which I think a lot of that comes from, like because it is some of the French guys that leave and go on to be good, like Chris Middleton and Spencer Dinwiddie. So I, I get, I get where some of the horror stories are. Um, but yeah, like let's tone down the Davidas Davidas questions, please. Sure. Yeah, he's just he's John and Musa 2.0, which is not great. And then um, Saban Lee, like I said this on draft night, it was a really cute pick. I was like, that's fun. Cassius was, here's the thing. I've said this on this podcast. I've said it in other mediums. I don't know where else I've said it. Here's what pisses me off. Um, and James, you were like front and center. This is actually a question that I, I also want to ask. You were front and center. I believe you were probably there when Troy Weaver was asked about Cassius Winston. He's like, yeah, I yeah. really like him. Um, you know, I, I think the word, something to the effect of like, I hope that that young man gets his name called, right? Something yeah. to the effect. um, So draft night comes around. We end up getting a second round pick. Cassius is on the board. All right. Like put your money where your mouth is, Troy. Like you can make this happen. Let's go, baby. Saving Lee. And I was irate. And it's like, it's cute. But to me, that's just another Jordan bone. Like, and that's just to your point, like the Jordan bone, uh, Lewis King, Dante Hall, like the way that people attached themselves to those guys was like, Absurd. Happy for Jordan Bowen for getting a contract in Orlando, but like, yeah. what are we talking about? And like, Saban Lee could be a fine player. I'm just saying, right now, like, he's not in the equation. Yeah, like, I, I, I get a lot of Saban Lee questions. And I just don't get it. Like, he's on a two way, and there's not going to be a G League season, and it's just like, or there is, but I don't know if the Pistons are participating. Sure. Uh, so like, he's just going to be a developmental guy for a couple of years, and I'd yeah. be very shocked if we see him for a year or two. Sure. Um, the G League, and Matthew, I'll let you ask a question after this. I just, uh, so apparently as of today, the Pistons are not going to participate right. in the in their bubble. Um, this is this is an actual question that I have for you. Do you think in any way that could sort of 
impact. Like if they wanted to send, um, you know, Isaiah Stewart or uh, for some reason, God knows why, Sadiq Bay. like if they wanted to send anybody to Grand Rapids, now that's just not an option. Do you worry that they might just like collect dust on the bench? Or do you think that there's a strong dedication to actually making sure they play consistent rotation minutes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think Isaiah is going to play. Sure. Um, Saban, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I can't imagine him playing under normal circumstances. I, I don't know like the rules on this or if this has been discussed again. I, there's certain things like I reach out and dig about I, the G league. I don't really want to like use my bullets on that. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I don't know if they're allowed to do this, but maybe they can like, I think you just saw Washington and um, the go-go's and the Erie Bayhawks combined teams or have form one team or something for the bubble. So maybe the Pistons and some other team can, they can pay half the cost and combine teams and send those guys there maybe. But I don't know if that's even possible, but I, I, I mean, yeah, the Bayhawks and the Go-Go's did it. So maybe that's something they're talking about. Uh, maybe I will send some text after this. Maybe that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll see if I can dig on that. But yeah, if there's no G League season, I, ooh, yeah, maybe they just, it's a, it's I perplexing. Know. Like I don't I'm, think they would ha- do that without a plan though. Like there would have to be a plan. One of the things, one of the other questions I was going to ask was like, when was the last time like the reason we stopped doing mailbags for piston powered is because like we've talked about every single thing a million different times. Like any questions that you could ask me, we've been there. So one of the questions I was going to ask you was like, when was the last time that a Pistons fan said, here's a question. And you actually thought to yourself, that's a good question. Well, it sounds like we just had our answer because I just asked an amazing question. So Matthew, <laughs> um, Matthew, go ahead and say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So a good question. And I get a few good ones. I get a good, I got good ones a lot. Like when I do mailbags, like those are usually good ones. Um, yeah, well, go ahead, Matthew. Sorry. You're good. Uh, kind Not of all you guys ask dumb questions, by the way. I didn't mean that. There's just a oh. few bad apples. No, well, you and I, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Sticking with the, the young guy talk and with uh, these new draftees and everything, do you think part of the hype with the fringe guys or the, that attachment to them? I'm just thinking of this on the fly. Um, do you think part of that is Pistons fans have been so used to, obviously we've been rough for a few years now, but we haven't been compensated properly because of all these draft picks that we've gotten rid of. So we're so used to drafting so far back that we're just in the back of our minds. We're like, these are just the guys that we take. So on some level, we have to look forward to these guys that we're taking 40th overall. So with someone like Saban Lee, who we pick up later, do you think part of that is just us being used to it or hoping like we just need a steal in the draft because we haven't been fortunate enough to be in the lottery to take someone who's kind of a surefire, like day one starter. I think that's part of it. I think there's a couple things for starters, kind of back to what I said earlier, the fear that one of the fringe guys has star potential, like whether that's again, Spencer, Chris Middleton, um, those two guys obviously will until the Pistons win again, will continue to get brought up as guys that were young and got traded away for, I mean, Brandon Jennings wasn't nothing, but, you know, um, just not really a, a forward-thinking move at the time. Um, I think that's part of it. I think that finding a diamond on the rough intrigues this fan base, uh, just having a young guy to – I mean, that's why, like, Killian Hayes, for example, like, I, I like Killian Hayes, and I thought he was the best point guard in the draft, and I even thought he was one of the top two best players in general. Um, but obviously navigating Pistons Twitter and uh, interacting with fans, like people are talking about him like he's um, 
tread lightly. I was just going to say, you're talking to... (laughs) I shouldn't say talking about him like he's blank, but they're like they're holding him as kind of the the savior and again he's uh 19 the seventh pick and he's intriguing i think he'll be good but like it goes back to how just absolutely these these fans want to be full hope and they want to be they want so i understand like they they get like bruce brown perfect example like i like bruce as a as a person I've done a lot of stories with Bruce because I just love his personality and um, his, I guess, freedom to to just speak his mind. Um, he's funny. Um, I, I saw the growth his second year. I, I, he was a guy that was tumbled, like knew what he was good at and what he wasn't. But if you told me Bruce isn't in the league in five years, I, you're, I'm not surprised yeah. Uh, yeah. given his limitations. But Pistons fans almost freaking – cut their fingers off and didn't want to be on Twitter anymore. And it was just like, <laughs> got, get attached to the young players because they just want hope. Yeah. You talked me off a ledge that morning, right? Yeah. Um, you sent me a text. Yeah. I was like, I was like, brother, I, hey, please explain this to me for the love of God, please. And I like 30 minutes later, I was like, cause you had said, and I actually explained it to Matthew um, on our show, our, our, the show following that trade. Yeah. Um, where I, I basically just explained the same rationale that you gave. Like a guy like him can honestly be found in any draft. Like the reality is that he's a commodity that like, we're happy that we, you know, we found one, mm-hmm. but like you can find him, you know, not anywhere, but you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that I was like, that's a, you know, I also just want to say uh, really quick, I was just talking about your, your story that you put out for the athletic about Killian Hayes and the, I literally just got a notification for it. So I like, Oh I, really? I didn't even get one. Yeah, so just so you know, I am uh, I'm not lying. But this is a question that I have for you. We you know, we talk about um you know, you getting to listen to Troy Weaver and stuff. This is a two-part question. Yeah. The first question um is like I I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Do you get bored listening to him? Because he just he, he's really slow cadence and just he, you know what I mean? Like on yeah. paper everything everything that we read it sounds like kind of fun. But you yeah. listen to him and it's boring. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I think like I I like kind of his aura. Um, just a guy that just sits in the sh- kind of wants to be seen as a guy in the shadows and is very confident in what his abilities are and what he wants to do in his plan. And I think it comes through in his speak and when he speaks. Um, I I luckily had the chance to, like sit down with him and talk to him on like a personal level. So like I there is like some like charisma there. Like he is funny. Like he's a very normal guy. Um, But I I think that this job and this opportunity is something he takes very seriously. So when it comes to that, I think um, like, he's not really like to lack like he's not for play. Like he's here, like to, to do a job and and has a plan that he's confident in. And I I think that's what comes off more is confidence more so than like Pistons fans are kind of used to personality as of late. Like Stan was a, personality uh i even thought ed was a personality like he was a a bright talker he, he would use his hands a lot like he, he he was he had he had some personality when he spoke to me i don't think troy lacks personality but i think there's just more of a serious seriousness about him um because this is his first real chance at being a running a front office and um, he knows he has his, his work cut out for him and it's the first time where it's like when moves are made like the fingers pointed at him yeah. Um, usually he always kind of had 
uh, in OKC. I mean, he had I almost said Sam Hankey. Um, uh, why am I Presti, having a blank? About Sam Presti. Sam Presti. Um, I mean, that was the guy running the show, so most of the blame went to him. But yeah, it is. Yeah, no, like I could see how people would think that from from the outside looking in, like maybe they have a a tough time listening to him talk. But I, I think it's interesting just because it's it, it, it's clear that he's very serious about what he's he does. locked in. Is basically yeah, he's very yeah. locked in. I don't dispute that at all. Um, and it's not that it reminds it, me of Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Ooh, that's fun. That's in a fun. way. I but but when I look at Giancarlo Esposito, I think like I could. <laughs> die any minute when i look at troy weaver i just think of like a really cool like uncle or something really i see when i yeah. i could see how people look at troy and they could they could feel scared like he kind of has that very like he doesn't really like i said doesn't show too much emotion like kind of looks like yeah. dead you know yeah yeah i mean i see what he's saying yeah yeah I mean, yeah um so my second my like the part two to that question you i feel like he kind of just almost alluded to it a little bit um now, James, for those who don't know, I know that you and I have discussed this, I think, once or twice. I know once for sure. Um, you didn't have the greatest, like, first experience asking Troy Weaver a question because he kind of shot it down a little bit because he misinterpreted what you said. And I can tell by the look on your face that you're not quite remembering, so let me jog your memory a little yeah. bit and you can tell the story. It was about, like, hey, you kind of, like, would always – you didn't, you don't have a lot of experience, like, drafting high – or something oh, yeah. like that. And then he was like, well, no, we drafted Russ at four. And do, do you remember now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you had a chance to sort of like, sort of better um, clear the air representation to him? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And like, I had met him uh, shortly after that. So like everything, like every, like that completely went off, went off to like, went out of my mind. It might have even been before. I, I can't remember. Well, you were pissed about it when it happened. I remember you were, like, kind of upset about it. I wasn't upset. I was more like I wish I would have worded the question better. Okay. Um, yeah. That was just to to get – I don't know. Yeah, it was. there's just certain weird things that, that bother you in this job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, I think so. Like, um, I remember maybe the last time we talked to, to Troy, I got, like, the first question, and I, was, like, sent my condolences to his Washington football team because it was the day after they had lost to the Lions. Oh sure, and he was a—he's a like massive, massive uh, football team fan. I guess was what we're calling them now, um, and like DC sports. So like I led with that, and he like did a laugh and like looked over at somebody, and I—I I think he told uh, the PR guy after that uh, somebody asked him or somebody that I ripped on him about the Lions. So like I yeah like I'm much, I've gotten off much better questions since then. I made him laugh since then. So gotcha. Uh, I think our. I don't think I'm viewed as a dumb question asker anymore. Matthew, you got anything? Yeah, sticking with uh, Troy Weaver for a second. Uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead, Nick. I would imagine we're going to get to this at some point. That uh, that little two-week window where this roster went from, yeah, we're familiar with this team. It was the same as last year. And then there was just a flip, a switch flipped. And it was nonstop for, like I said, two weeks what was that like for you? Like just having to cover that and work on it. And then how much of that was broadly asking, how much of that was like expected or not a surprise to you versus I think like the regular fan was like, what's happening right now? Good question. Craziest two weeks of my professional career. <laughs> no question. Not even close. Um, yeah, man. Like 
the what was the, the first move was the Bruce trade. And I'm like, it caught me off guard because it was like Monday morning and trades could happen Sunday, I yeah. think. Yeah. So it was like for them to be, I think so. It happened the Monday, trade, I know. The trade was, yeah, I think it was on a Monday, yeah. And I think maybe trades could start happening Monday or Sunday. It was obviously draft and free agency week, so I can't remember when the moratorium opened, but I think it was Sunday at, at like 5 p.m., but it might have been Monday at noon. Yeah. No, it was um, it, it was it was a, it, the logistics don't matter. I know for a fact it was a Sunday because that was the night that Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich happened, um, and it wasn't. I remember it was a Sunday. The trades couldn't happen. I think until Monday. It doesn't matter. Continue. Yeah. It, no. It was not, yeah. It was something like that. And I'm like, I had heard that like Bruce didn't play well in the mini bubble, and like Weaver doesn't have much time to like watch these guys. Like that trade didn't surprise me. It, 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 it shocked me that it happened so soon, but it, it didn't surprise me. Uh, the Luke trade, I, I had been writing that it was a possibility for a long time. Uh, condolences to you, Nicholas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I had been writing about that for a while. Like, that didn't surprise me. Which I will say really uh, quick. He was the first guest that we had on this podcast. and was, yeah. It was we, a very good podcast. Thank you. You listen to that? Dude, come on. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, man, of course. <laughs> we are, so we're 0 for 1 in just having guests on because – Luke's gone now, so yeah, you can't yeah. go anywhere. Or like, yeah. if we have somebody else on, make sure that they stay put because that was devastating. Yeah, don't do uh basically don't do what Omari just did to the Grizzlies and come to the Pistons. So if you if you <laughs> as a beat like go to some other team, like I'm gonna be really pissed. Matthew has a good point. Yeah, so you're will... our second guest, so let's, let's start on a good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like so that those moves didn't surprise me. Obviously, they were active on draft day. Um, I've been part of active drafts before last year when they traded this 30th pick and the second pick like 50 times. Like that was a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. so I guess what kind of threw me for a loop is I figured they would rebuild. Just all the stuff I was hearing. I didn't know how far down the rebuilding train they were ready to go, but based on what had happened and everything leading up to before free agency, like this was going to be like a straight up teardown. And then you kind of almost not do a 180, but like a 90 degree turn on free agency when you get Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumlee. So then it's like you're reaching out. I'm reaching out to sources trying to like, first of all, I'm trying to break the protections on the Houston pick. I end up getting that. Um, and then like trying to figure out like what's going on, like what's the plan. So you're texting people, trying to get information out there while tweeting, while writing a story while making sure they don't sign anybody else. It's just a lot of juggling at once. Like, yeah. um, for me, like obviously trying to break news. Um, and even like, if I don't break news, like add to it, like Woj broke the Houston trade, but I was the one that had like the protection. So like, you're trying to just get more information while writing, while calling people texting people your editors reaching out to you your friends are texting you like what the is going on <laughs> like me like yeah, yeah, like, yeah there's just so i'm like he's busy nick leave him alone but i'm like but james like <laughs> oh, no that wasn't a bother like it was fine it was just there's just a lot going on and it's like i can't complain like i wasn't doing anything for the last seven months yeah yeah for sure i mean one of the other things that um and i texted you i think like all caps the screenshot and i was like, like hollywood uh, when when Bleacher Report credited you, I think for waving Dwayne Dedman, I think is what it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it, and we talked about it a little bit, um, but just for those who don't know, 
what does it feel like when you're like, oh, thanks, Bleach Report. Like, that's my name on a Bleach Report tweet or like, you know, like something like that. Like, does it still affect you or are you kind of over it? Like, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, it's obviously cool, like primarily just because like you did a really good job and got news first, um, which is like the jet, like that's like any buddy that covers a team like that's like the the goal is to like break news first like that's cool i don't i don't have like a like aspirations to be like um the biggest journalist nba writer in the world so like the the bleacher report tag isn't like it doesn't do it for me it's more so like i did my job well and continued to like like cement myself as like the go-to reporter on the beat and like like that's what's important to me like whoever i'm catering to like to be that the the person you want to, when you want piston stuff you like my goal is you want to come to the athletic you want to come to James like that's what that gets me like I get more excited like when people read a story and like this is great this is why I subscribe yeah. than Bleacher Report or anybody aggregating um, anything but that's cool because like it's that means you did your job right when or well when that happens not well I shouldn't say that because if you don't get that stuff you're still doing it well but yeah um, it's different. You get, you were able to stumble on something. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy. It's not easy to be the first to break news, especially as a people. I always see there's trolls in the mentions on Twitter. Yeah, um, and yeah. I'll always see like there's like one or two guys I always say, "Oh, look, another national reporter like broke news before the local reporters." And it's like I don't think people really like understand how this works. Like, um. First of all, a lot of the stuff that the national guys get, like, come from agents. Yeah. Like, you can absolutely tell when the most, like, the 13th man on the roster gets traded, and then you see Woj, so-and-so has great, uh, is a versatile defender and can shoot, yeah. and, like, like yeah. not to, like, say a lot of Woj, like, other people, Shams does it, like, other, like, I've done it, like, sometimes it's just, like, part of the game, like, when you get, when they give you news, like, you're not going to just shit on their player or whatever. Like you're going to, yeah. so it's like, it's, it's agents. Um, it's just, uh, people don't understand like how much power like Woj and Shams have. Like, yeah. I mean, you see what happened with when Woj tweeted about the Bogdanovich oh, Milwaukee thing, like that could cost like Milwaukee Giannis. Like, yeah, you just yeah. Have, like Woj has a lot of power and like, Shams has a lot of power. Like those are people that have prominent names that have great connections. Like stuff goes to them, and you're lucky as a local guy to either been around long enough that you've built great relationships with certain people, or every now and then you ask the right question at the right time and you get something. You know, you bring up um, uh, the the Bogdanovich thing, and I just I've gone on like all of the rants about that uh you know that it just makes me sick because i just i have my conspiracies about that um i i think Woj is somebody who you know should know the rules as well as Woj does. that whole thing just kind of pisses me off but um you know you talk about building relationships with certain players certain agents and stuff like that um one of the things i wanted to ask you that i don't think i've ever really gotten the chance to before i you know we've talked about you know you kind of talking to certain guys on the team but Who's the one player, because um, you've been on the beat for what, like this is your fourth year? Uh, I always forget. What, whatever year Luke came into the league was my – Luke and Langston, what year? It's 2017. This, this is your fourth year then. This is yep. like your – okay, yeah. Yep. So because this – this yeah, this would have been year four for, for Luke, yeah. Yep. Um, 
you know, who was like the first guy that you were like, this guy's awesome. Like, I just love what this guy's about. Like, I love coming to this guy. Like, I love kind of just, you know, being around him. Like, who was that for you? Yeah, there's three, actually. And I and I can tell you, like, my approach. <laughs> Langston, Luke, yeah. and Ish. Um, oh, I believe Ish, for sure. This is the, and it's tougher. It's tough to be a nicer guy than Langston. Ish is the <laughs> nicest guy I've ever met in my life. Um, so yeah, my approach, like, so when I got on the beat, like Vince and Rod had been there for many years. Um, like obviously Vince had been there, I think close, like nine at the time, Rod, mm-hmm. it was year four or five. Um, so like me going in, I was like, I need to go and get relationships with the people who couldn't tell this was year one or year 10 for me, other than like looking at me and telling like yeah. my age or whatever. But like, yeah, Langston just signed with the team. He had no idea how long I'd been there. So it's like, we started out on even playing field Luke, a rookie. He has no idea how long I've been there um, in comparison to the other two. And saying, and Ish was just a nice guy that was like, I'm, I'm always around the team every single day on the road and at home. And he was just like a nice guy. Um, but yeah, Langston, Luke, I, I, I strategically like tr- to get my foot in the door and to have like player relationships and like get some good early stories. I was with those two because they were new and I was new. Um, and then Ish was just a guy that, I mean, you're on the road, you, after a practice and he's just laughing and smiling, he'll make fun of you. And it's just easy to kind of gravitate toward that guy as, as, as a quote and as somebody you just talk to, to, to shoot the shit. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening to, um, JJ Reddick's podcast, the old man and the three, which if you're like, oh my, it is, it, it's so good. Um, really good. Well, in his most recent episode, they had on uh, Chris Paul, and I'm like 25 minutes into it. And one of the things that he mentioned was, um, you know, JJ was like, what made you, you know, really want to focus on trying to get into Phoenix? And um, he was like, well, you know, they have Etwan Moore. I love him as like a guy. Like, he's just, just such a great dude, all the conversations we had. And he goes, and it's the same thing, um, you know, when we brought in Langston Galloway, he's like, I felt the same way about that. Like, every time I've, you know, talked to Langston, like, I love that guy. And I was like, I just feel like everybody does. I feel like everybody. Chris Paul yeah, Chris Paul said that about Lang. I didn't listen to that. I didn't listen to that episode yet. Wow. Yeah, um, and it was just you know a short little nugget, but um, yeah. but yeah, he threw Langston's name in there as like a guy who, when he saw that you know they signed him, he was like, yes, like that's awesome. They're both um, shoes guy. I know Langston always kind of put Chris Paul on yeah. the pedestal of yeah. best picks in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matthew, what else you got? This is, well, I don't want to divert from Pistons too much. I just had a question come to my mind. Um, I'm going to ask it because it's it's going to bug me if I don't just get it out there. Go for it. Yeah. You have tweeted this picture out a few times and it makes me laugh <laughs> every single time. Oh, the Michigan State <laughs> podium one? It is the funniest picture I've ever seen in my entire life. And especially the way you use it. I have it saved on my phone because like in case I want to use it. It's beautiful. It's so funny. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a uh, as a Michigan State grad. It is a a with the the cheese, the smile, <laughs> like it's the perfect kind of like annoying. It's a, it's an yeah. annoying face you don't mm-hmm. want to see when you're a Michigan fan. And I don't have to just use it, Michigan, Michigan State. Like right. If there's a team, if Michigan loses to a bad team. I'm fine. I'll use it then. If they lose to a team at state beat, I'll use it then. Like, yeah. And, yep. and I don't care enough about college sports that people like Michigan fans go on my mentions and they'll like talk shit back to me. I'm like, you understand? I don't care at don't all care. Mm-hmm. about 
I just want to beat Michigan, and that is it. That's the only game I watch any every year. Yeah, and and what it was is the if memory serves, the Pistons didn't they have training camp in Ann Arbor, and that's why yep. you were even there in the first place, right? And so you were just up there, and yeah. Yep, I'm um, disrespectful. So I wore my I wore all Michigan State outfit. Love it. Yeah, and we were outside of the 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 practice gym was they had the podium set up because uh, I want to say college basketball had already started or just started, so it was just like for Beeline or uh, was that Beeline? What year was the Michigan? Uh, Michigan was Dwayne's first year, so 2018. Yeah, so Beeline still would have been at Michigan, and it was just set up out there, and I got to the podium and Rod took the photo. You don't know. Yeah. Rod took the photo. <laughs> Shout out to Rod Beard. Um, yeah. So I want to, let's, let's circle back to, to the Pistons here a little bit. You talked about how rightfully mind you, how we as Pistons fans have sort of like adopted Killian as like the, as you put it, the savior of this franchise. And I think a lot of that stems from, you know, uh, we had, what, five extra months relative to what we normally have to prepare for the draft, right? Like, we had way too much time to overanalyze every single one of these guys. Yep. And I think for some players, it benefited their stock, i.e. Patrick Williams, right? Like a guy who all of a sudden goes forth. That's something – ooh, Matthew, we got to ask about this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get back to this. I Now that we have somebody who might know a little bit here – Okay, Patrick Williams goes fourth to Chicago. But yeah. all we had been hearing for the last week is that Detroit may or may not have promised Patrick Williams that he's going to go seven to Detroit. Yeah. And Matthew and I, I think Matthew kind of threw it out there, but I, you know, we had both seen people were hypothesizing that this was a smokescreen set by Troy Weaver. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Bulls bit hard yeah. on that. Do you think there's any truth to that theory, or do you think the Bulls just really liked Patrick Williams? So this is my uh, opinion without saying too much of, like, what I know. Um, oh, gotcha. So, like, yeah, they liked Patrick Williams um, a lot. And obviously when they drafted Killian, they said he was number one on their board. Um, do I believe that? Uh, I'm not going to call anybody a liar. So yeah, sure. I don't, I think Patrick Williams was probably close. Uh, I, this is my thing with the smoke screen. It, it, I mean, it looks like that, but like, that's a weird player to like, well, well it doesn't matter if it's like, weird because it worked. Was Chicago going <laughs> to like, take Killian? Is that what their worry was? I was people, people threw that out there. Even past know. that though. Like, I don't know if Chicago was on anyone's radar for, doing that I, I think there were a couple yeah. other teams that were in front of us where you might have been a little bit concerned about them taking killian i think the but entire planet was, was one of them that's what i'm saying yeah. though i think yeah. like i don't think we were trying to bait i mean if it's a smoke screen i don't think we were trying to bait chicago i think everybody was caught off guard by chicago taking patrick williams everyone thought it was going to be any for the longest yeah time, but go ahead well the smoke screen could be and it's possible is that the pistons were worried about maybe the knicks or uh, Phoenix trading ahead of them. Galaxy brain, James Edwards over here. And so they're letting <laughs> people know that we don't, where you guys can stand pat, we'll take pat. There we go. I like that little lingo. Uh, but then, go. but I thought Chicago had kind of made it pretty known, like at least the 24, 48 hours leading up, just at least like Darnell Mayberry who covers the Bulls for us. And I feel like a few other people were saying like Patrick Williams, like they were writing stuff about Patrick Williams going to the Bulls. 
Um, yeah. I think like our last uh, beat writer mock draft, he might have taken Patrick Williams to the Bulls. So, like I feel like it was like bubbling up then. I asked. So, yeah, um, I think if Williams and Hayes were both on the board at seven, it I, I wouldn't be surprised if Killian was the pick, but I I do think there would have maybe been it been a little bit longer for that pick to then call yeah, sure. And you are very clearly treading, um, treading. You're 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 being very uh, particular with what you're you're saying and what you're not saying. So yeah, I don't. I can't. Yeah, I don't want to like. You don't want to put yeah, anything I up. Yeah, I got you. Much, it, like the draft's over and they got their guy. Yeah. It, well, okay. So that that just throws us back right into what I was talking about, and it just feels like because we had so much time, um, you know, for months, Pistons fans were thinking. You know, maybe even if we get the second pick, you know, maybe you take Killian with that still. You know, so many of us, like the vast majority of Pistons fans were like, give me Killian Hayes. And it's yeah. the fact that, you know, it it all just like came together at this perfect moment. And that's why so many of us right now, and I've tweeted it a hundred times, the engagement is literally free on all Killian tweets. Like yeah. it's it's free because we're just so excited because it finally feels like we have somebody who is also a point guard, by the way, a position that we have not invested in a considerably long time. Yep. Um, and it, it just kind of feels like, you know, like I said, we got our guy, like the guy, Matthew, I just, I just texted Matthew this the other night. Like I haven't felt this way about a Detroit sports draft pick maybe in my life. Now my expectations are that he's probably going to hit the ground running. He's going to just smash into a rookie wall as they all do. And then hopefully by the end of the year, we kind of have some sort of an idea of where he's trending, right? Um, am I anticipating rookie of the year? No, not really. But I do know in the back of my head that it's something that's there. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about what you think that, like, try to weather the expectations a little bit if you can. Yeah, um, I think Pistons fans have all are in the right to be excited. Like, like you said, like the point guard is the most exciting position in the NBA and the team has needed long needed a point guard for the future and they've neglected it for many years i think the last uh point guard they drafted in the first round was brandon knight could that sounds about right 20, yeah. 13 uh 14 uh, no 11 12 13 was 12, I, think. I think knight was 12. Oh, sounds right yeah 12 and like that's questionable if he's a point guard yeah. you know what i mean um and then before that in the first round was it mateen like I can't. I know they like draft like Spencer Dinwiddie with the second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't really draft point guards in the first round. I'm sure they're. I'm probably missing somebody, but I get it. Like I get the excitement. Um, he's 19. He's already played professionally. Um, he's left-handed. People love like the obscurity of that. Yeah. He's six five. That's another thing that's been neglected on this team in a long time is they haven't had a tall point guard since she since Spencer, who yeah. really didn't even play here that long. Um. I get it. Yeah. And I, I think for me, like what I'm looking for is it's not like necessarily like a stat line. Like you want to see that he makes the right reads in the pick and roll. You want to see that he's not like a pushover defensively. You want to see that the three balls, not like broken. And he can like, if he can shoot like 32 or 33% as a rookie, like on like at least like two or three attempts a game, like you're fine with that. Like there's, that's a good building block to start. Um, like I wrote this in a story the other day, if he averaged 8.5 points, 6.5 assists and like 1.8 steals with 55, 33, 
uh, 80 plus shooting, that I think that's a positive sign. And yeah, he shows sure. he can hold up defense. I think that's better than 17, seven, and less than one steal on 48, 29, and 80. Like, I just, you want to see the efficiency. You want to see the smart decisions, the smart reads, because that's what kind of player he is. Like, he's not a John Morant type player in terms of like he's going to go try to explode and get to the cup every single time. Like he's yeah. very methodical. He's, he seems to, from everything I've heard and, and seen, like he's, he's looking to pass. Um, he can get, get his own shot, but he's looking to get guys involved. He's, he's a very, uh, he seems to be very seasoned beyond, uh, for his years. Yeah, That's what I've been hearing a lot too, is obviously from someone like yourself or really just anybody who's been covering the Pistons, whether um, they're talking about him in camp right now, or just their experience with him overseas and stuff that he is mature for his age yeah. and his experience and everything, that it seems like he is ready to make the transition. And Seku took it upon himself to, I think he said the transition is going to be easy and that he's going to be, he's going to be great from day one. And it sounds like that's somewhat true, but I also, I'm glad that Nick brought that up to kind of weather the excitement for Pistons fans to remind yourselves, like he is a rookie. He's 19 be excited, Jason but Taylor don't. Was only nineteen, Matthew. Jason <laughs> was only nineteen, so I don't want to yeah. hear. Mm-hmm. No, and and like I think it's gonna help. Like Josh Jackson said it today. Like no fans. Like that's gonna help a rookie, like yeah. a young player. Like you're almost kind of just out there playing ball, and you're not worried about like the impressing this crowd that's cheering for you, that's on their feet, that you're the new rookie in town. Like it's gonna be. I think a lot of nerves will be eased in comparison to a normal year. Um, I want to ask you guys this. Do you guys get excited over the pa- over the practice clips that are tweeted out? This actually goes pretty well into the next question I was going to ask. James, you are a master of transitions, so thank you for that. Uh, well, I Matthew, get paid to do. <laughs> Matthew, you can go ahead and answer that first. I will say it depends. It's like simply put, yes, they are still exciting because I think on some level it is still really cool to just see professionals be as good as they actually are. So. Right. Bad example, but you think of someone like Andre Drummond, like even him in practice, like he can, he can knock down a three in practice in an open gym. You don't get to see that in the game because he takes it, hits only the backboard. And then you're like, like, like what's happening here? So it is, it is at least reassuring sometimes to see somebody in an empty gym to see like, okay, so there is something there. Like I can understand how they got to this point or something. Um, But it it just depends. I think we, we might've gotten into a little bit of a, uh, pickle of our own by me tweeting out a a oh, video God. of Jaleel Okafor in an empty gym, and I think people took my caption on it way too serious, and it's it's literally just Jaleel Okafor in an open gym. So yeah, um, I think I saw that one. It is and Matthew's like oh, it is reassuring because I've seen some clips of Derek and Killian working together, and it's it's just reassuring yeah, to see like the chemistry working there. Um, but I wouldn't say that, like, I don't think there's anything specifically talking about Killian that I could see him do it in practice and be like, oh yeah, hall of fame are guaranteed. Uh, (laughs) I thought the step back and the block today were like the most, like, yeah, if if fans want to get excited over that clip, fine. But Rod Beard, I love you. I love you like a brother, man. But him tweeting out some of the clips with some of the tweets he has, like the other day, they what Killian threw the pick and roll pass, and there's one other NBA player on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Killian seems to have the ball on a string. Yeah. Just, I'm like, Rod, 
I know all the guys in on that screen that aren't in the NBA. Like those are the player development coaches, and like, Rod, like, there's, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Sean, somebody, like playing defense, and it's like, yeah, what are you doing? A man, Jordan Brink. I want to give Jordan Brink a shout out. Like, he's in the drop coverage as a six-three guard. Like, he's just dumping it off to Isaiah Stewart. Rod's like, he's got it on a string. I'm like, and then like the one Derrick Rose cut to the hole. He's like. D. Rose hasn't lost his explosiveness. I'm like, Rod, there is nobody in front of him. And people are eating up these clips. That's why I don't personally tweet them out because it's like, I don't want to be, I'm old man, get off my lawn. Like I will, I get annoyed when I see people are like, I'm so old. Like I shouldn't even say this because people might hate me, but like I get annoyed when people like post those clips and it was like, what was one that was like Jeremy Grant's turnaround in the post. Oh, okay. It's I'm glad you bring this up because Jerry's working on his post game. I'm like, Dwayne will lose his mind if he shoots a turnaround post up in a game. Yeah. That's just not I get it. It's it's clips. It's the lead into the season. This is the time to like cause the because the um the optimism is gonna die very quick. We're very close to games. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's gonna get ugly here soon. So I get it. Like, <laughs> this is the period in which like people get excited, but it's like sure. Don't tell me he has a ball on a string when it's like four player development guys guarding him. Yeah, I mean, you bring up the Jeremy Grant clip, which I was also going to do, and people are like, oh, like he's working on creating his own offense. And I'm like, okay, so just to answer your question about do I, you know, do we get excited just to give my answer? Um, one of the reasons I get excited about practice clips is because, like, if it's Killian, for example, right? I have not seen Killian play basketball in a Pistons uniform. So right. that excites me because like the visual of it, like it's a real thing. Totally you know what I mean? So like that, that's different. You know, seeing Blake dive for a loose ball is like, Oh, so you're alive. That's cool. I like that. But, but you know, there's never anything because here's why, here's the biggest reason why I don't care. Um, I don't care if Jeremy Grant, you know, knocks down an 18 foot turnaround because I know who's playing defense. And I know who's playing defense on, on all these possessions. Like, I know it's somebody on the Pistons, and I know that, it, it, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's different. The Bucks yeah. put out a video of Drew Holiday um, defending Giannis. Yeah. And that yeah, that's was something to get excited about. Yes, yeah. because that's that is MVP. like, and that's like the best on ball defender in basketball. Like, that yes. is different. That is fundamentally different. Do I care about Derrick Rose, like, uh, putting Jordan McRae on skates? Not particularly. No, I don't really care about that. Um, so we got about uh, we got about ten minutes here. I do have. I can, a do, seat. I, I can do like eight, ten, eight, fifteen. By the way, I always. If you guys have more questions, every me, single time you do, I, know, I do it on. I do it on purpose too, just to like see if it. How oh, okay. See if you get excited for me. But no, I, I in my heart, I do get really I'm excited. Joking. But I just, I just wish that you would be like, hey, this is how long, whatever, Matthew. Go no, ahead. No, no, I don't do it. On, I, I don't do it on purpose. I'm, I okay. got a text that says I can do. I have another ten fifteen. Building, no building off of your question for us about like the practice thing, I believe it was you on Twitter. I don't remember who you were talking to, um, but you mentioned something about uh, it, it, the exact same thing as the practice clips with people kind of taking quotes out of context. And just yeah. basically quoting someone like Troy Weaver on something that they said, or maybe Dwayne Casey, and either taking it out of context or getting overly excited about something that it's more the overly excited than yeah. out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, it's yeah. My buddy had tweeted, um, "I my least favorite thing about the NBA offseason is practice videos because mm-hmm. they're like 
reason we're talking about. And then I said, and quotes, because it's, for one, I don't know if people know, and it's not not just in Detroit. Like, we don't get to watch camp, especially, like, now. Like, yeah. obviously not. Even in normal years, like, we don't get to watch camp. And uh, so we're going, at least during, like, the preseason and um, games, like, we can make observations. And, like, so if a coach tells us player X is shooting the ball well, but in the games player X is not shooting the ball well, like, we can see that that's just not true. Here it's just, like, for the next three weeks, we can't see anything. And what is Dwayne going to do? Is he going to say this player sucks or he's been bad? No, he's not going to say that. Like he's just, he's going to, he's going to be a good human being and a, and a, and a coach and do his job. And if he's not going to like overly hype somebody up, but he's not going to just say a guy's playing bad just to say he's playing bad. Like that's just not, and that's just with any coach or any player, like just the quote, the quotes are, they might be genuine, but it's just like, uh, yeah, like I rem- I'll never forget. This is a good example. Uh, so it was, I covered Stan one year. His la- it was Stan's last year because that was my first year, and I feel like he, I, if I recall, like he said Henry Allenson was the best player in training camp. Woof! Yikes! <laughs> and like, and this, like, well, like that's why I don't yeah. care for, too much for both. Yeah, at, at this time of the year, like it's just you can rate, you can say things to raise stock. Yeah, like maybe Stan was doing with Henry Ellenson, or you can say things to, uh, again, just not be a dick of a person. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no reason to say anything mean about a person or bad about a game or anything. Like it's just, it's tough to tell what's true and what's not true. Even even with uh, everything that happened with that happened with Dwight down in Orlando, Stan and wasn't you know in like yeah. Dwight was like I hate Stan Van Gundy and Stan was like I have my diet coke like life I'm gonna go dribble yeah. basketball between my legs um so you you bring this up uh, this was one of the questions I meant to ask a little bit ago with the ongoing pandemic is there an end in sight I don't know at this point who cares um does it like impede your ability to like really do your job considering you can't be where you need to be like I know it obviously does but how much does it prevent you from doing what you're what you need to do I personally am not looking forward to this season Um, because like we just, I don't know how much people know about like what we do day to day, but like if there's practice, um, we go into the practice facility, Dwayne talks, they'll bring another player over and I'll ask the PR guy to speak to player X or player Y one-on-one. So I can do like a, a story that like none of the other guys have. Um, or if we're on the road, like shoot arounds before games or practices um, on the road, like after practice, like it's a free for all. Like if guys are just shooting around or if they're sitting in the arena in one of the seats, like you can just go shoot the shit with them or interview them or whatever. That obviously can't happen under this. And as somebody who like my niche, like as a writer is like doing like creative, like features and like one-on-ones and like, especially because I work for a company that like causes, forces people to like pay to read our content. Like you have to have like different content yeah um uh like it's there's going to be very few one-on-one opportunities for me this year if any um and and yeah like i think that's one thing that i love about covering the pistons despite them being bad is the pr like gives us great access like the pistons have some of the best access in the league like i said like you can pretty much get anybody one-on-one if you have a relationship and you just, 
you go up to them and they have time to do it. Um, like, so you get to do cool stories and you get like the opportunity to, again, do like stuff that your competitors won't have uh, because of that. And I think that's super important when you cover a team like the Pistons, because I can't write about the Pistons every day. Like I can't write about the Pistons after every game because they're not good. So like, and they haven't been good, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, why would I waste my time writing a game story when they're 19 and 58? Man, you, you're really speaking to me here because I ran into that last year where now you and I obviously operate on much different levels and pay scales and, and models and all that, the way that our sites are structured. But what I mean by that is like, um, I have like a monthly quota, both for me personally and for my site. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the really easy ways to, you know, get some posts out is, um, you know, after every game, three takeaways from this game, uh, you know, breaking down this loss. Well, here's the thing. Last season for Detroit, you get to January and I'm like, why are we still writing these articles? I'm writing the same thing every single night. And it, you just run to a point where like we just stopped doing them because I'm like, why did Detroit lose? Um, because half of them were injured. We like brought in Derek Walton to play like 15 minutes. Like I, I totally forgot he was on the team. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, you just run into these issues where it's annoying. Here's a little funny story, though. I don't know if this is going to make you mad. I hope it doesn't make you mad. I hope you think it's as funny as I do. I'm sure so now, now we have established, I do have a subscription to The Athletic. I will pull it up right now. Okay, I believe you. No, I believe you. Hand <laughs> to God. Um, in the past, I did not. I felt like a really bad friend to you, though, because I was like, I really want to read his stuff, but like, I'm I get broke. it. I get so, it. I get um, it. I remember there have been some times, there have been several times where people have been like, oh, James just said this. He just said this really interesting thing about player X or, you know, this thing. He threw out a really interesting trade. Well, I can't aggregate that unless I have the actual source, the article, right? right? And the quotes. Yeah. So there were some, I think this happened like two or three times. I know twice for sure, where I would ask somebody who I knew had a subscription yeah. to be like, can you just send me like a screenshot of what he said. And yeah. then I would just like paste that in as if like I read it. Um, well, so I, 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 I appreciate you going the roundabout way to still like show love. Like yeah. you could just like, oh, I'll just aggregate somebody else's stuff that I can read. So I appreciate you going out well, of your way. Yeah, to, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I still link it and do all that, you know, purge. Well, and, and, though, but you could have, you could have, I mean, maybe rod or vince at the time said something similar and you could have just used theirs because you can read it i appreciate you going the extra step just to make sure you got mine so no i am not oh, that. well you. then you're also gonna like this because actually on motown rundown the our twitter account matthew credits you all the time he gives oh, it's you phenomenal. you guys have good graphics and everything it looks that's good man. that's matthew it's all like matthew you. You, yeah. guys have, you guys have kind yeah. of shot up the ranks quickly i like it thank you it's been fun yeah yeah it's been fun matthew's graphic work is cracked no, he's great. <laughs> Thank you. It looks really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, again, not that I'm doing the same thing as like you or any of the other beat writers for the Pistons, but obviously, like I talked about earlier with that two week window where the Pistons were just every five seconds, something was happening. I would be not going to get it. a nine to five. Just let's get yeah. that straight. Yeah. No, so I, like busy people, man. Yeah. So I do, I have like a regular, uh, 40 hour a week job. So doing that and then 
with all this other piston stuff going on, there are so many times where I'll be like in the middle of watching a movie or TV show or probably like a lot of people and yeah. something will happen and I will have to just throw everything across the room, book it to my, the room I'm in now, like the quote unquote office, get yeah. on the computer, like put everything together, get the the thing out there. And we talked about this on a different episode, but it's very funny when um, I will go to like all that work get the graphic out there and everything just for a picture of a tweet that is already out on the internet uh, to get like a couple <laughs> of likes, but it does actually mean a lot. Kind of like you were saying, it's more meaningful well, when somebody just says like, that was a good article that you posted. Like I appreciated reading that. And then even yeah. somebody just giving us credit on Twitter too, like it is a big deal. And I, like Nick said, I do try to give you the most credit when, uh, when I'm tweeting from that account. Well, I appreciate you guys. And that's even like a taste into I mean, my life, like I've told the, I think Nick, I probably told you the, where I was when Blake Griffin got traded. Right. And how, I mean, obviously when news breaks, like we have to drop whatever we're doing. Have I ever told yeah. you the story of, uh, you've told me a lot of stories. Thing. I have not heard this one. All right. Long story short. Um, I want to say that the Pistons had just played in Cleveland the, the day before. And I driven back, I drove to that game instead of fly, I've flown instead of flying. I drove, um, and my buddy had come up, like it was before, like the deadline was February 7th. Like we were a week away from the deadline. So like, I didn't expect anything to happen. And my buddy comes up and we are driving to go to the casino. We're on Woodward to go downtown. I was living in Royal Oak at the time. And I pull over to get gas, go inside to pay. And my, mind you, my buddy drove from Flint and it's like blizzards. It's like a blizzard outside. Like it's bad. I get back in the car. The gas is pumping itself. And I look at my phone and Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted, and this is my first year on the beat, mind you. And Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, the Pistons have traded for Blake Griffin. And I just stared at my phone. <laughs> and just kind of like my heart dropped. Because I, like, it was more so like, it was my first year on the beat. So I'm like, uh, and this was the first trade, a major trade at that. So it's like, I'm already kind of like freaking out, like how to handle this. And then it's like in the, Really what I'm sad about is like I'm my friend's like over on his phone, like just looking at his phone and he has no idea. Like I gotta I'm go. I'm about to turn around and we're <laughs> gonna have to drive home. Like I'm gonna be working till like three in the morning. So like yeah, like yeah, I, I think Weaver, what was November twelfth? Uh I feel like I had just got the PlayStation five and was like playing it for the first time and like that's when like the Bruce Brown trade took off. Like it was just flex, by the way. I mean, I got I got lucky. I, I I got one of the first pre-orders. I got lucky. Um, but yeah, like yeah, that's that's kind of what it's like, man. When news happens, like my girlfriend will tell you, like I don't go anywhere without my laptop or my phone after that Blake Griffin debacle. Yeah, is that is that the worst situation that you found yourself in? Yeah, because like, since then, like, like yeah, since then I'm like I've been prepared. Like I've either already had an idea it was coming, um, I'm breaking the news or. Yeah. Um, like I just know when to expect that type of stuff. So like, yeah, like that was just, again, my first trade on for at 24 covering a team that was yeah. just getting Blake Griffin. So, I mean, it, it, it could have been a lot worse, right? Like you could have been, um, on the Clippers beat or something and it's like three in the morning and the, the Paul George thing happens and like, you're like at a blackjack table four or five deep. And you're <laughs> like, I, I, what am I supposed to do right yeah. now? Right. Yeah. It could have been worse. You're right. It That'd could've. be quite a predicament. Um, I, ooh, 
we're gonna how much longer do we have we got a little bit of time we're gonna we should maybe, maybe we'll wrap up on this i have no idea matthew if you have any other, any other questions feel free to get them out right now before i ask this final no you question. can go ahead okay james i told you i was gonna set you up for this okay i'm teeing this up so oh, yeah here you go okay um give me a, a a rookie this year that does not play in detroit that i got two more questions i'm sorry that does not play in detroit uh that you're really excited to see this year um, how many do you want me to give you? However many you want. Okay. Besides, uh, remember, you do have to name one player. Yeah, I know. I I like Patrick Williams, and, like, I'm a, I'm in. I'm all in, and I want to see how he does in Chicago. Um, I just I'm like here. his size. Huh? Oh, you'll let me know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. You're going to sneak in with yeah. the uh, – we'll get you, like, a uh, – a number 13 Bulls jersey, and nobody will know if you're on the team. Oh, right now. James. <laughs> Ooh, get out of here. Um, yeah, no, I like his game. I like his size. I think I think that kid has a lot of room to grow. Um, and then, hmm, let me see. <laughs> Cassius Winston? Ooh, I, like, I like Cassius Winston. I was, I was a Michigan State guy. But, no, uh, as we talked before we got on, like, I, I was not – coming into the draft. And I still don't see Cassius as like an NBA player. Um, and that's no fault to him. Like, I think he's a high IQ, um, heart. Like he has a lot of the traits. I just think he's too small and too slow. And sure. I, when we talked a few months ago, like I said to you, like, I just, I just try to imagine him guarding Ish Smith, even just Ish Smith, a backup point guard in the NBA, a career backup point guard. And funny enough, he is Ish Smith's teammate. So I'm very curious. I'm gonna ask my guy Fred Katz. I might even ask Ish what he thinks about uh, young Cassius. Um, I, I I just realized I now have I still have another question after this. This one's really easy. It takes you two seconds to answer it. Yeah. Um, who is the most famous person that you have in your contacts? I feel like you got a Rolodex of good ones in there. Yeah. Uh, it's not that good. Um, ours. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean it, it might not be. It might just be Luke. So we might be fair. We might be even. Um, yeah, like, you got like Shams in there or something, or do you just DM? I have, yeah, I have Shams. Um, that's good. Yeah, I guess that's famous. Uh, I mean, I have Dwayne's number. That's also uh, sick. Uh, um, I'm just doing a quick look through to see if anybody comes to mind. I guess. Oh, I have Grant Hill's number. That's cool. I like that. Did you do you know about my Isaiah Thomas story? I don't think so. I have Isaiah's number. That's another really okay. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to contact him on my behalf because I'm really mad at his publicist. What happened? Did you try to get him for the pod, dude? Not even that. It was for an article, but also it was gonna be for the pod. Um, which I was gonna explain to him at the time. But anyway, so um, the last dance airs right. The like the first two episodes air. Um. And then, uh, so like that week or maybe a little bit before I, I found out that he actually follows us on piston powered. So yeah. that means I have access to his DMS. So I was like, <clears throat> Hey, Isaiah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sent him this really nice message. And I was like, you I slid think Isaiah's DMS. I slid into Isaiah Thomas's DMS respect. Um, and I, I'm like, Hey, you know, there's a pandemic people are, you know, whatever. I think they would enjoy hearing from you right now, you know, like a voice of, you know, comfort, whatever. Um, you know, let me know. And uh, he read it. Yeah. And then for like 24 hours, nothing. And I was like, oh, my God, Isaiah Thomas just left me on red. Like, I'm losing my mind. So I get a DM on my personal account the next day. His publicist is like, hey, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm Isaiah's uh, publicist. Can I have your email? So we exchange a few emails and she's like, does this day work? Cause I was going to call him. I was like, oh, wow. does this day work? And I was like, that day is literally the best day that you could possibly pick. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, here's the time. And she's like, could, because she also said in her initial email, Isaiah said he would love to do it. Okay. Yeah. So the problem was the day, the date was set for like two days after the bad boys episodes of the last dance aired. So he is on like every network, like every hour of the day talking about it. And I guess that they just kind of swept my appointment under the rug because I never got to hear anything back. Um, so that sucked. But you should follow up. He does. He's pretty good with, with that stuff. You should follow up. I don't want to bother him. And I don't know. I'm the same way with Daryl Morey. I just want to ask him if he'll, because he follows me too. I just want to DM him, but I don't want him to unfollow me. Um, so this is the last, last question, James. And then also once we're stick around, cause I got another one for you that I cannot ask okay. on here. Um, last question. Okay. Give us something that give us like a bold prediction that would genuinely surprise a lot of people that could happen for Detroit this year. And you could say like, like, you know, Killian wins rookie of the year. Cause I do actually think that's kind of a bold prediction. I mean, the or Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bold prediction. You're not really a hot take guy, so this is kind of a... I'm not, question. and I'm also very, like, so journalist mode of, like, being even that, like, I feel like what I am going to say isn't, like, a hot take. We're just the fellas, right? We're just some guys hanging out. Like, you yeah, know, we're just throwing <laughs> stuff. Right. No, 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 for sure. But, like, if I said, like, Blake gets traded, it's just, like, that's not a hot Ooh. take. Yeah. All right. Don't don't lead with this in the tweets. It's a, the, do not make this the thing that people might aggregate okay. or whatever. This is to the aggregates. Okay. Right. This is Seiku gets traded. Oh, James. <laughs> oh, that's oh. bold. You got the bold part. You're gonna need some, I didn't think you were going to need to give us the rationale behind anything that you said. Speak to me. What are you talking about? I mean... Again, I'm not reporting a damn thing. This right. is you asked me to give you a hot take, yeah. and just covering the team, reading the tea leaves. Troy has traded Bruce Brown. Troy has late traded Luke Kennard. Troy signed Jeremy Grant. Troy drafted Sadiq Bay. Yeah. And, yeah. Troy not, and Troy did not draft Sekou Dumboya like he did not draft Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown. It is odd that we wanted to give Seku more playing time and then surrounded him with a bunch of guys that need to play his minutes or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I a thousand percent agree with you there. Um, I still think it's a bit spicy just because I feel like that would sort of damage Killian's brain a little bit. Well, that you they wanted, traded a You wanted spicy. Now you're coming at me because it was too right, spicy. True. <laughs> you're right. You wanted spicy. You're right. Um, but I just I just thought you were gonna be like uh Svee's gonna put up like fifty in a game or like Isaiah Stewart's gonna make an all rookie team or something oh, like I that. I guess I could have went that way. Yeah. Not like hey, the guy that a year ago we thought was gonna be a franchise player, he's out. Like he's gonna be <laughs> gone pretty soon. I think um that'd be an interesting return, but you know, I think we've also just sort of seen in recent trades that like our trade returns just kind of suck. Yeah. Or we just give up all of the second round picks <laughs> to get um, Sadiq Bay. 
So Matthew, do you have any, any final questions? I do actually just have one. I, I told Nick before we came on, um, I compiled a bunch of numbers and I went to like a bunch of research to the context doesn't really matter, but if you had to describe what Pistons fans should expect from this team, with just like three simple words, the one word from my research was going to be like, should we expect a fun Pistons team this year? But what would be three that you use so Pistons fans can know, like, are we going to be fun even though we're not great? Or are we going to be just just smashing our head against the wall all season? Fun but bad. That's mine. Go ahead, James. It's not a three-word Cade, summary, but... <laughs> Cade fucking Cunningham. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't hate that. <laughs> if you need me to clarify how I think they'll do this year and that doesn't do it for you. That doesn't. That doesn't. I could change the three words. I like that question. That was a good question. That was a good that's that was a that's, great uh, answer. Great no, I mean, answer. I'll say this. Um I I I do think they built a team that can compete in games, earn the respect of the fan base, yeah. excite the fan base. And they still, in the end, lose the games. Um, and I think, yeah. And I think if you're rebuilding, that's exactly what you want. I mean, yeah. Like last year, like the season plays out as normal, and we're talking about the Pistons probably having the top three pick. Like the reason they got seven is because the season stopped, and they didn't have a chance to to catch the teams worse than them, which I'm 100 percent sure they would have done. Um, it worked in our favor, so. You know, we got the guy that we your favor, but I think it's very Pistons. Like it's the most Pistons thing ever that the year that they were likely going to get a top three pick or a, a once in a lifetime uh, virus takes over the world. Like literally they were the worst team in basketball before the shutdown for mm-hmm. sure. One or nine over the last 10, it would have kept going. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. What, what, what did you ask me before that? Uh, you were explaining that. Am I allowed to say the F word on here? Oh, you can say whatever you want. Anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I figured it's, yeah, well, this is a very shoot the shit podcast. So, like, I wanted to <laughs> turn off my professionalism for life. Of that course. Yeah, so that's what I thought. Being dudes. Um, gosh, I thought I was making a good point. You were talking about how, um, if the, well, here, let me ask you this. Let me just say this. I know we, yeah. I know you got to go. We got to wrap up. Oh, you're good. You're so, good. Our schedule is like oh, hilarious. Yeah. How hard it is! Like you, oh yeah, that's what, yeah yeah yeah. You yeah, might win yeah. Minnesota. Cute Anthony Edwards debut. That's cute. You yeah. are. I feel good about beating Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Of your first thirty-seven games, do you know how many of them are against teams that are like definitely not making the playoffs? I said this to somebody the other day when I looked at the Pistons schedule. I saw. Maybe two wins. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But like on paper right now, it looks like two wins. Yeah. It's not, this isn't us being funny. This is not a hyperbole. You play right. the Cavs twice, the Timberwolves once, and the Kings once. That's like maybe four wins that we can definitively say. Outside of that, like the back to backs that we play, both Laker games are on the second night of a back to back. I never care about schedules, I never get worked yeah. up over it. I don't care. The one takeaway that I had, I think I tweeted this, Matthew, you might, I, maybe I said it to you, I don't remember, um, is is as difficult as our schedule is, 
the kind of fun way to rationalize like maybe why it's a good thing is because your guys are getting thrown to the fire immediately, right? Like you yeah. got to grow up really quick. If you're playing Cleveland, you know, like all the time, right? Or, or the Kings or the, you know, all these or the Knicks, you know, you're going to get accustomed to playing bad teams. But when your entry to the league is against, I don't know, 12 of the best of them almost every single night, that could count for something, right? Yeah, no, I I agree. And, of course, they're going to win more than two games. Like, it's the NBA, things happen. Um, but, like, on paper, like, it's a very tough schedule. And they're a very young team. And, um, yeah, like, I was gonna, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Like, I look at the, the East, and I, even if – even if everything goes right for the Pistons, meaning Blake is healthy – Killian and Sadiq play above kind of like your what you would average for what you would expect from a rook from rookies. Sure. Jeremy Grant lives up to his contract and added responsibility offensively. I see them being better than the Knicks and the Cavs. And maybe yeah. Orlando. Though people there's some people that like Orlando. I don't. The, the perennial eight seed Orlando Magic, you think Detroit will surpass them? I just like is is I, I Jonathan Isaac won't be back, right? Uh, you mean because of his injury? Yeah, isn't he? I don't know what the timetable on that is. I, I have no idea. He got hurt in the bubble. I thought like, right. it's been it, such a weird year, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm googling right now just to make sure I'm not a clown and he's like already come back. I thought he was back. Uh, and to miss entire 2021 season after suffering the injury in bubble. Yeah, so he got hurt in the bubble. Uh, it shows you what I know about the match. <laughs> um, who they still have Evan Fournier, who I, I Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, um, Terrence Ross is still there. I think I think Terrence yeah. Ross is still there. I mean, like, all right, we can match up Mo Bamba. Yeah, yeah. he's about <laughs> as gone as uh, he's, he's about as forgotten as the guy who made the Mo Bamba song. What was his yeah. name? Check West. Check West. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, even though I do like that song, it's a great song. Um, yeah. So, like, let's go. Let's look at Orlando, Orlando's roster. So, who's the starting point guard? You think Evan Fournier, probably, right? Evan Markel point Fultz. probably. Markel Fultz, Markel, or right. um, I don't know if they want to get crazy. Cole Anthony, who, by the way, is wearing number fifty. I know why he's wearing number fifty, but it's yeah. gross. I almost want. I shouldn't say this, but I could like lose my like. I was yesterday years old when I found out that was Greg Anthony's son. Same. Yeah, no, I, I, I watched college did not know until that. it's draft time. Hundred percent. I watched Michigan State. I didn't. I guess I could have made the assumption, but I never came across that. I didn't like dive into Cole Anthony because I didn't get any sense the Pistons were interested. Um, but yeah, like, and you look at. I think the mat. I think the Magic are. Excuse me, probably better, but like I don't. I don't like that Orlando team. Like, if you told me Detroit, everything went right for Detroit, and they finished better in Orlando. That doesn't surprise me. Um, Cleveland, if, if everything kind of goes as expected for Detroit, you know, Blake's fine. He's not an all-star again. Jeremy's fine. Killian fine. I still think they're better than Cleveland, but they got guards that have been in the league for three years. They have Andre, they have Kevin Love. Like there's probably just a little more oomph there i guess than what's there in detroit i maybe maybe not i don't yeah, know but like okay so here's the thing, 
Like they like Dylan Windler's coming back. They have, I guess, they have Kevin Porter Jr. That's ambiguous. Who knows what's I happening? Love, I love that your first name was Dylan Windler. He's coming back, right? <laughs> you no, know, he is coming back, but that's just like eighty percent of the people listening to this might not know who the hell D- Dylan Windler is. Well, but that's why I love you, Nick. That that just should give my credibility a little, give me a little yeah. bump right there. Yeah, I um, like that. Watch out, Dylan Windler breakout year. What, Matthew? You, James, I need you to know. You have to know the answer to this. Yeah. Are okay, Hulu, are yeah. Hulu and YouTube TV going to figure out their whole thing with Ooh, Fox Sports I Detroit? I'm, I'm not expecting that. you to know the answer, but like, I need <laughs> you to know the answer to this, and I need them to get it figured out so I can watch the Pistons. Nick's, I don't know why you would know that. No, um, I, I personally. I'm going to be curious because, like, I don't have uh, cable. Like, I have Sling. Yeah. Um, so, like, for road games, it's going to be interesting. But we get NBA League Pass through the league. So, yeah. like, I'll be fine. I don't really watch. I mean, technically, you're watching it through FS. You're watching FSD, but you're not watching it through FSD. Sure. And you kind of got to play with your zip code because otherwise they'll black out the game. So, my dad lives in Denver. I'll use his zip code so I can – was I'm not obviously can't be at road games this year, so yeah. Um, I don't know. That's gonna be. I'll try to get an answer for you. I'll okay. uh, I'll, re- I'll reach out to Johnny King. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I just uh, I, I don't I don't I don't know why you would why I I'm shocked that Matthew thought that you might know the answer. Well, no, I don't. I know for I don't. I just need someone to have an answer. I know you wouldn't have the answer, but like it was worth asking just in case. Yeah, I, I just in case. Um, I respect it. No, I I, I, I would have it for you. When Thanks. you said that, that you don't have like, you know, like quote unquote basic cable, I figured you're going to say that you're down bad like the rest of us and that you just illegally stream everything. I figured, and I was like, really? Oh. Guys, Athletic is streaming everything? Oh, you you want to, I mean, we can go there. Like I, uh, so like, uh, I don't know if you guys, do you guys have Sling or have you ever seen Sling? I've, I've used Sling before. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's, so what, that's what dad has. So they don't have like local channels. Um, so like. For example, the finals are on ABC. I am on an illegal streaming site. I don't. Uh, this might be. Yeah, I don't know if I'm in trouble for this. Matthew, bleep that. Matthew, try to bleep yeah. that out if you can. We don't want to get them I, taken down. I wa- Yeah, please. Yeah. No. Yeah. Please. Please don't be. It's my lifesaver. Like I have to watch the finals on said site. Um, if I want to watch Michigan State and they're on the big 10 network or ABC. I have to stream that. Like I just sling is for 45 bucks a month. I get ESPN. I get my NBC sports for soccer. I get HGTV to watch house hunters and, uh, property brothers. Mm. I get, <laughs> um, what, what I get TNT. I get literally there's like eight channels in the world. I like and sling has them all and it's forty dollars yeah. a month. So why would I pay one hundred eighty dollars for cable? See, it just makes no. That's me with everything else. Like so, Matthew um, came to Chicago a few months ago because he wanted to see Tenet. Right? He wanted to see it in theaters, and in Michigan, um, they weren't like theaters, and so he couldn't go see them. So we saw we saw Tenet in theaters, and then um, like over the next few weeks, I watched it like three or four more times on my phone right and it's like i'm not gonna keep paying to go to the movie theater i'm not gonna keep paying to do anything if i can just access it on my my phone which actually james this brings up another interesting point um play matchmaker with you and matthew for a second 
So you and I had our um, our top five albums discussion, which there was a discrepancy there because I told you top five like six times. And then the second we started recording, you're like, wait, I thought we were doing 10. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you said 10. But that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I don't know if you're a huge movie guy, but Matthew has a movie podcast. So that means that you guys can you guys can do a movie podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm a, I'm a big comedy comedy guy. Like, I don't really watch movies unless it's comedies. Mm. And I but like I am very well versed in comedies like my favorite movie of all. To, this might this is a fact about James that I don't <laughs> say publicly. Okay. My, my favorite comedy of all time is Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Oh wow. That yeah. gave me nightmares as a child shit in the world. That yeah. gave Say me that, again, that gave me nightmares as a child. Large Marge. Tell him Large Marge sent <laughs> I love Pee Wee Herman is hilarious to me. His noise never... <laughs> just the noises he makes. Oh my yes. gosh. And then Friday Step Brothers. Like I have the Step Brothers um like july 25th brought to you from the guys who made talladega like i have that poster yeah. right to my right i'm like pointing at it and you can't even see me pointing at it because yeah. i'm in a rectangle but <laughs> also yeah. this is an audio podcast not a visual <laughs> one, so people can't see behind <laughs> matthew over uh over matthew's shoulder is a bunch of this is terrible oh, I wonder what that was it posters that he made we'll show you after we get off yeah um, if you can find um, so let's let's try to wrap this up because we're not even talking about basketball anymore. Um, no, it's totally fine. Um, let's see. Let me let me try to ask one final basketball question. Do you honestly believe that Blake is back? Because you wrote an interesting article about like, hey, he keeps showing us that he can bounce back, which was a great piece, by the way. Thank you. I just want to know, like, do you believe it? Because I do, but you know more than I do. I will just say that, and it's. What I wanted to get across in that column was I understand like people's doubts. I understand um, why people want to write them off, but like, yeah, they're like, well, look at history. People over 30 with that many injuries, like they just don't bounce back. I'm like, sure. But we could also just look at Blake's history and that he's had many serious injuries and has always come back as good or better. So sure. all I'm saying is until we see him play, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt that he still has that in him. Yeah, that's all I do. I think he has it. I need to see it. Um, but I'm sure. going to assume instead of other people assuming he doesn't have it. I'm going to assume he does because he's come back year after year, injury after injury to be very good. So I will wait to make my assumptions on Blake until I see him. Until then, I see him as somebody who has the potential to still possibly have some all star level basketball left in him. Absolutely. Um, well, it's going to be very clear from the jump um, because the preseason tips off this Friday, actually. And it was very clear in the preseason last year. Like we saw it immediately. His elevation was gone. His jump shot was flat, which it's always pretty flat. But last year it was just like, yeah, a, it, was it was bad. Different. Um, yeah. So, so we could tell right away. So we'll get a really good indication within the first five minutes of the first preseason game where Blake Griffin is at. Matthew, do you have any final questions or should we sign this thing off? My last question about Blake. <laughs> does he that? know how big that knee brace was? Like, I know he knows, oh. but does he know how big that thing yeah, was? Had, that was not safe. 
it was an Austin three sixteen knee brace for sure. If you're into if you're into wrestling, yeah. that was opening <laughs> for him to stand up on the bleachers and call for a couple of cold ones yeah. and, and flip some people off. But I mean, yeah, we haven't. I mean, we only talked to him. I mean, last week talking to him was the first time we've talked to him yeah. since. Uh, I mean, she she was done in January, December. Yeah, the uh, surgery in December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he knew. Yeah, I would imagine so. I'm sure it probably annoyed the shit out of him. So yeah. Yes, but he, yeah, it was very, it was very bulky, and I and I imagine that he uh, couldn't wait to get it off. Yeah. Um, after games, absolutely. Alrighty, James Edwards. Well, thank you very, very much for joining. This was your fourth time. We'll have to send you for your fifth time. We'll have to send you a T-shirt or something. Hopefully, that doesn't get lost in the mail. Thank you very, very much for joining. Yeah, me. thank you, James. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on anytime, Nicholas. We talked. Um, many times about doing this weekly and then you said well we both kind of just forgot about it no you forgot about it <laughs> I'm, I'm here like I can carve out time to do a podcast like it's it's especially nowadays where I'm not on the road so all right well uh, we'll have you on uh, if you need me I'll shoot the J we'll come up with a fun topic and we'll just we'll we'll figure something out and we'll have some fun on there um Let's do it. ladies and gentlemen we hope you enjoyed this episode as much uh, as as much as we how, how, how do I word that? I hope you had as much fun listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. There you go. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, um, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Shh.